As the war between Gary and Shannon continues, heroes and villains become harder to identify. Gary and Shannon separated at birth, fighting for their place in time to be solidified. The clock ticks faster and faster while time runs the marathon in this Babylon. But see, the end is only the beginning. The beginning of the calm before the storm. You know it's fine, I go, oh, maybe the reason It's almost, uh, I don't know if ironic is the right word, but that the weather is going to be 80 plus degrees this weekend, and we're still dealing with the aftermath of these massive mudslides in Montecito. I mean, it's going to be 85 degrees in some of the valleys on Saturday, uh, and probably through Santa Barbara, Montecito, it's going to be low 70s, I think. Fifteen people now have been claimed by these mudslides. Juveniles among the deceased. Uh, Twenty-five other people have been reported injured. There's still a number of people unaccounted for. Chris Ancarlo has been up there since yesterday and joins us now. It looks like, Chris, that these people now we're learning were given warning for days before the mudslides happened. Yeah, and uh, guys, before I get going in earnest here, I may have to move here um, just because I'm in a in a in what they call an exclusionary zone, which is what they've cordoned off to keep people from coming in and taking pictures and everything. Um, but what's playing out right now, they're, it looks like they're backing a bunch of cars out from here. Like these are heavy-duty vehicles, and uh, there is an ongoing search and rescue effort that's happening here. Um, but I think this has more to do with trying to get set up to reconnect power poles and all those other things so if i uh if i suddenly bail out that's why that's what's happening don't worry uh the sun is out here and things are dried out and some people are coming out to see exactly what has happened to their neighborhoods and that's part of the reason we see this log jam here but the the force is just absolutely tremendous when you're able to really kind of get a full scale of it yesterday when i got here uh, i focused on kind of the the ground zero of this which was this intersection of olive mill and uh and hot springs road i'm further up hot springs today and it's amazing to see the creek bed sits probably i'd say about 15 feet 20 feet below the road deck surface and there are homes that are built maybe another five to seven feet above that and the water line on those homes is probably about another five to seven feet uh on those houses there are homes that were right up along the creek side that have been sheared essentially in half and so you have uh you have decks for example that have have um, now ended up somewhere in the Pacific Ocean as they've been swept away by this mudslide. I talked to a guy. He's lived here. His father's lived here. His great-grandfather lived here. As he put it, his family's been here before the United States of America was here. And I asked him, you know, have you ever seen something like this in your lifetime? He's like, no. But uh, I heard stories from 1914 when uh, when this was all washed away. Got to go back that far and that sort of, um, I guess, DNA knowledge, if you will, this hereditary knowledge of the land to, to really understand the scope of this. It's been uh, it's been a while coming. If you're on uh, Highway 101 and you're looking towards Montecito and towards the hills there, there are, I think, three or four canyons, uh, sort of canyons that have been carved out through, obviously, the eons. One of the areas that's uh, that's been hit, obviously, is the one that you're on is Hot Springs, 
a little bit to the south of that, San Ysidro Canyon, and then even farther south was Romero Canyon. Is there one of those that's that's the the I, I guess epicenter right now of today's searches for 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 those people who are still missing or maybe trapped? Yeah, give me one second here. I'm just kind of moving around because uh, this is kind of a, a chaotic scene that's playing out. So uh, the best answer that I can give you is um, Romero Canyon is going to be the focal point of this. And uh, the there they had 300 people that were essentially trapped um, when the floodwaters washed away their, all their points of, of exit here. So I'm, uh, I'm taking a turn around here. I apologize, guys, as this happens. Are you driving right now? Uh, I it's okay. Now. It's not illegal. But, yeah, well, um, technically, I'm not on my phone. So right there, you go. Um, <laughs> well, well I, I just I I cannot wrap my head around the fact that it was just a couple weeks ago that these people were dealing with this massive Thomas fire, and as soon as we saw the forecast that heavy rain was headed there, it looks like they were given a heads up. You know, this is going to be danger zone areas. Uh, these these areas are going to be susceptible to mudslides. It's not like the fires were six months ago and weren't fresh on people's brains. Why didn't they get out of there? Well, well, go ahead. Chris, you answer that if you can. Uh, give me one second. Sure. Well, let me <laughs> fill in there. I, I was actually thinking about this this morning because of the possibility. We were a sort of under a voluntary evacuation when the Rye Fire rolled through. And I was trying to do the math in my head. At what point? Do I believe that my house is in danger or that my my family's in danger? You know, is is there a way to put a number on it, a percentage? Like, and then because I said my neighbor, he was out. He picked up his girls well, and his wife and took off and was like, "I'll see you in a few days when all this blows over." And it all depends about what's in your head. What do you think is going to happen when the mudslides happen? Is it going to be some mud from the backyard into your house? Maybe is it going to be uh, just some mud moving onto your property? Never I don't know it, if yeah. anyone imagined a river of mud waist high wiping the, no, no. their their house off the foundation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've heard over and over again, is that they didn't expect to see the, the devastation that they saw, you, you, especially this. I mean, you don't expect to see this except for maybe in the movies. And, um, you know, I, I shared this with Handel a little bit earlier today. A lot of people, when they woke up because of uh, the alerts going out, the AES alerts going out, uh, they woke up and they heard the rain and it didn't sound that bad to them. Uh, and so maybe they went back to bed. In some cases, you know, the fire department or the sheriff's department coming through with... Um, bullhorns essentially saying hey you know this is happening time to get out now um and again uh the the rain didn't sound like it was that heavy it was just the fact that this rain all came at one point right so you're talking about a half inch of rain in five minutes uh, close to an inch of rain over the course of 30 minutes um the montecito rainfall totals that i saw earlier today is like two and a quarter inches so half of that rain fell within the span of 30 minutes and that is part of the reason everybody was caught off guard you also had this evacuation fatigue. A lot of these people had been evacuated during the Thomas fire and they had just come home. They had just cleaned up. They had just gotten over the fact that, you know, they spent the holidays in hotels or in friends' houses or in evacuation shelters and uh, and now suddenly being told, oh, well, you got to get out again. And I think the psychology is, hey, listen, like I, I survived this massive fire. Certainly I can survive 
whatever rain is going to come our way. Plus, you also look at the distance here from the mud flow to the mountains. I mean, you're talking in a course of uh, uh, a few miles from the Montecito Inn, which is all the way down to the 101, which was where all this stuff essentially ended up before it made its way to the ocean, all the way back up to these canyons like Romero Canyon and Cold Springs Canyon um, and um, and the mountains themselves. So all of these things came together, I think, to lull some folks into a false sense of security or at the very least to give them the confidence to say, you know, we can we can wait this one out. Uh, Chris, thank you for your work. We know it's uh, it didn't take six and a half hours to get there today, though, did it? Uh, no, I stayed in Santa Barbara uh, last night. You know what's uh, interesting? It's not funny. It's interesting. The number of people that I talked to yesterday, and and um, they're like, "Where you know, where'd you come from today? Were you already up here?" I was like, "No, nah, I drove up from LA." They're like, "How'd you get here, man?" And I was like, "Well, I <laughs> went up went up the five and sixty six. They're like, "Man, that's crazy." I'm like, "I know." It was, it was a nice drive, though. Well, thanks, Chris. We'll check back with you later. Of course, guys. Chris and Carlo there in Montecito, the latest on the uh, the devastating mudslides. And uh, as we referred to at the very beginning, they're still they're saying, um, is it 24 people that are listed as missing right, right. now? Exactly. They're going to be doing active searches all day today, especially well, in Romero Canyon. There. And hundreds of people still trapped. Like, yeah, they, they, just they think that they're OK, there. though, in Romero Canyon. But anyway, all right, uh, the 101 does not look good if you're headed up north anytime soon. We'll talk about that in the uh, forecast for when that's going to be cleared when we come back. Also, we're giving away $1,000. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon giving you $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. Member, pick up the phone. It could be up to an hour that they call you. You're not going to recognize the number, but if you don't pick up the phone, you don't win. Daryl Issa today announcing he's not going to run for a 10th term in Congress. This is the second California Republican to abandon the ship. What does this mean for Republicans in California? We'll get into it in Swamp Watch you today. Mean the, the six Republicans that are left in California. Yeah. It's not good. I don't even think Democrats should I should mean, applaud this this trend of Republicans. You, you cannot have a one sided democracy. Oh, I think they can applaud it all day. They'll well, love it. It's idiotic of them to do that. Um, also, the president is is planning on taking some questions. I think it's about the twelve o'clock hour our time. There's a bunch that's been going on, uh, and we'll see what uh, if it what sort of format that's going to take in the uh, in the 12 o'clock hour also one story we're going to get to a little bit later harvey weinstein got slapped like twice in a restaurant and the video is incredible it's uh somebody finally took it to the guy although it, it's not necessarily uh bird shirt and uh, pomegranate margarita style i think the guy had plenty of pomegranate margaritas but um i don't think it was the same i love the slap it was almost like a puppy slap uh well, you, don't wanna, it- you don't want to slap fat that- oh yeah, you don't want to slap that jar of mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, flabby jar at that. Um, I just wanted to update you on the 101 because they're saying it's going to be closed through at least Thursday. That's a pain in the rear if you're headed north. A five, all obviously, a nice alternate track for you. Um, Island Packers Cruises of Ventura is a boating company that serves the Channel Islands National Park. It's offering ferry service between Ventura and Santa Barbara while the freeway is closed. So that's something to check out. 
That'd be interesting. I don't think they've been a, there's been a ferry between Ventura and Santa Barbara 50 years. Mud flows washed out a nearly 30-mile stretch of the 101. 30 miles. When you look at the pictures, it looks like it's maybe a couple exits. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> just the... And the amount of mud on the on certain parts of the freeway is unbelievable. Um, we were talking about it a lot yesterday in terms of the 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 power of the mudslides that went through Montecito yesterday, and even yesterday, talking about it while on the show and watching even some of the pictures of it, it was hard to get a good idea of the scope of this. But I checked out the map today. There was um uh, the sheriff's department had put out a specific area in Montecito. That was considered uh, a shelter-in-place area, not to move around a specific area. It's west of Sheffield, East Valley, and Ladera, east of Olive Mills, and north of the ocean, south of the forest boundary that's way up on the top of the ridge there. That is uh, that is several hundred homes. And in each of those areas, like I said with Chris Carlo a few minutes ago, there's three massive canyons there. And each one of those canyons was hit by different debris flows. But in the areas where they say shelter in place, I got the idea that they told them to shelter in place because they didn't need traffic in that area. That's, they wanted to get rescue crews in. That is also part of it. One of the uh, one of the areas that we saw was uh, Oprah's house. I don't know if you've seen the video yet of Oprah standing in her backyard pointing yeah. to different areas she that said are covered that by mud. There were, there were photos that she shared of deep mud in her backyard and video of rescue helicopters hovering over her house. Rob Lowe has a home in Montecito, Ronald on Twitter is mourning the dead in our little town tonight. One of the, I guess you could say, silver linings to this is these are people with a lot of money. Yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah. Not in fact, they were using, supposedly, they were using Oprah's backyard as a helicopter staging area. It's that big. Oh, my gosh. Um, also, remember the story of the girl who was rescued yesterday? Yes. At the top of the hour, at 11 o'clock, when we re- revisit this, I'll tell you more about her story. The 14-year-old girl who was just caked in mud as firefighters let her out of the rumble that was her home all right coming up next what you watching wednesday on gary and shannon the songs on the radio are okay gary and shannon music is your it's wednesday we'll do tv stuff here in a second i just want to let you know we the death toll in the montecito mudslides is at 15 if there is a news conference out of santa barbara county we will bring that to you live also uh information about the federal judge that blocked the daca rollback and the president expected to hold some sort of a news conference, take some questions in the 12 o'clock hour. But we have some TV stuff going on. The following program is brought to you in living color. What you watching in there? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. USA television much better. You've been watching too many of those live television shows. It is What You Watch in Wednesday, and uh, it's a special time of year when we bring Petros Papadakis back on our show for The Bachelor Report. Hey, P, how are you? I'm good. You know, you guys don't need me to analyze football anymore. You got Shannon Farron over there. Oh, well, yeah. She's, Hot takes. That's we, all I do. We keep her on the pro level, though. We need you for the college stuff. Yeah, you need me for the amateurs because she can't bother with uh, right. the younger people. Oh, yeah, it's too many teams. Yeah, those guys aren't good enough. You know, it's like, well, you know, what do you expect from me? I, I only, I only call games at the highest level available. Speaking of the highest level available, In the biggest market, uh, The Bachelor. 
I didn't oh, think yes, I didn't that's think I didn't big market. They shoot it in Agora. I didn't think I was going to make it into the season, and then I realized when well, I was what watching because I didn't think that you like honestly. Well, I mean, you, not to make this longer than you guys want it to be, but I thought you guys, I thought you guys were out. I was going to tap out. I was going to tap out after the first episode, and then I realized it's just that first episode that I really can't stand. The meeting, the the limo crap. The the, the, pa- the the interviews, the, the pageantry, the back of the old all that crap. It's like so I don't need to hear successful. that. Yeah, I like the crazy broads. And in episode two, we got into some of the crazy broads. Well, episode two is like the belly of the beast of the crazy broads. I mean, you're in the belly of the black winged bird. Mm. Episode two, three, and four. While he's cutting the fat, you get. The crazy broads all together. I, can I say broads or just you? Just me. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got to keep it. So, so wait. So if it was episode, okay for Sinatra. It was okay last year, but not yeah. this year. So if episode one is like the Star Trek away team where the first guys in the red shirts get killed and we just we, we lose some of the fluff right away. Episodes two, three and four are when we meet the bad aliens and we're down into the story now. Yeah, that's when the black guy dies in the horror movie. Okay. Is that? Can I say that? In the old movies, in 2016, that's the way they would do it. Now, in 2018, we don't do that anymore. Correct. All right. All right. So break it down. Well, what we have is just a bunch of wacky ladies getting after each other because they want the affection of this guy, Ari Leyendijk, who is, from what I can f- figure out, a failed race car driver because it's not like a lot of people just decide to quit race car driving uh, in the open wheel F1 world, hanging out in Monte Carlo and uh, Stuttgart and uh, all of a sudden sell real estate in Mesa, Arizona. In fact, Chris uh, Harrison took a shot at him in his failed racing career in the episode <laughs> saying this is the only race that he's going to win uh, when they were doing some crap demolition derby thing. Yes. Well, speaking of the crap demolition derby thing, the, the first, it's all uh, very uh, adventure related uh, this year. They went on a motorcycle ride and then blinged out the, the, the first date, which was a one-on-one date. And then uh, they had a, a one-on-one date with Crystal where he took her to Scottsdale and showed her the pizza hut that he used to work at. I do not believe that uh, Ari Leyendijk is college educated, though he does have the international man of mystery racing thing going on and he makes out pretty hard shannon you got to admit yeah he's a great he's a great on-screen kisser you know sometimes wow i didn't know that you know well you know how sometimes when you see people kiss on tv and it's just terrible it's just horrible see i I feel like this is horrible oh no i think these are these are on these are good on-screen kisses wait but just a just a Sidelight here. What makes it a great on? Like, do you believe that he really wants to kiss these women? It looks cinematic. It looks like a good actor kiss. Wow. What? Well, I mean, what he he like will pull back after coming in like hard, but then finishing soft, pull back, lick his own lips, and Mm -hmm. then go back in. (laughs) Yeah, he does lick his own lips and then go back in, which is a little weird. And I can't help. (laughs) A little weird, Shannon. I can't help. He does like the twist thing, the hard twist, you know, bringing his nose out and around. Oh, I didn't notice that. Wow, oh, you, does, you broke down the X's and O's of that and bad boy. He's proud of himself. Like wow. in his mind, he could be making out with a mannequin, and he's like, "I am making out so hard right now. I am the makeout king." Or a man. I want a telestrator right now to get into this. <laughs> <laughs> 
It reminded me of that scene in The Graduate at the frat house at Berkeley. So where is the old makeout king getting married this year? I have a real problem, though, when they do those cocktail parties and each girl gets a little bit of time with him and they all make out with him. I mean, you know how much different saliva yeah. is in that guy's hey. mouth? That's what it is, man. It's like a it's like a hot yoga class where everybody's licking each other. Yes, exactly. Uh, let's go. Let's go to the clips. Uh, you mentioned the dem- demolition derby, uh, which was actually one of the coolest things I've ever seen The Bachelor do. I, I'm usually such a hater. I hate everybody, especially Chris Harrison. But this was pretty good. Uh, and then you had uh, this one girl. And uh, look, I've heard it all, but this is the first. You know, uh, these women have a tendency to be dramatic. Sometimes, maybe Shannon to bring attention to themselves. No, sometimes the women on The Bachelor. Yeah, just, uh, you know, every once in a while. But uh, <laughs> bumper car phobia. This is a, was is a ridiculous. New one. Check out this story. When I was a kid, I was like, I was doing bumper cars, and I just remember like getting trapped in the middle, and everyone just kept hitting me, and I was just crying, and I hated it. Now, so, wait, she wasn't getting jumped into a gang. She said she was in bumper cars. Yeah, well, the demolition derby is bumper cars, really, with real demolition cars. Uh, now, every I girl, can't believe you remember when you got jumped into a gang, Gary. I right. thought you blocked it out. Well, I, it's things like this bring it back up, unfortunately. Every girl yeah, on The Bachelor. Was the, uh, the, uh, what was it? The, uh, the Chico Locos? Yes, and my, uh, <laughs> my, my gang name was Gary Poppins. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I blame uh, every one. girl on The Bachelor, it seems like, or at least a handful of them, has to have this like traumatic backstory. You know, my father died when I was young. I, yeah, Crystal I didn't have any... has one of those, and her brother lives and on this... the streets in San Diego. Right, and... and that's sad, but I don't know what's going on with her voice. I don't know who that girl is. But the thing is, you can't... Her dress was short. You can't make up a traumatic <laughs> story about bumper cars. Either you've got the trauma or you don't. Own it, Right. I guess, uh, yeah, you either have, you know, a brother on the streets who's a meth head in San Diego that you chase around nights, or you don't. Uh, We don't don't know that he's into meth. Don't make up like I'm afraid of toenail clippers or something like that. You know, I I feel you there, Shannon. Uh, Of course, there's conflict, like you talk about, you know, when there's a rose ceremony uh, and a cocktail party before the rose ceremony, there's a lot of scrambling. Because the uh, the ship is sinking and the rats are drowning. Uh, these rats are are are, are having uh, hair extensions and lipsticks and uh, and uh, facials and all kinds of things done. But they they're still rats climbing over each other while the ship is sinking to avoid drowning. Uh, they all need a couple minutes with uh, with Ari and uh, the girl who already has a rose. One of them, uh, Crystal, uh, is stealing time. And there's a fiery Latina, uh, Bibiana. Bibiana, also known as Bibi. Or Bibi, uh, who did not did not. She's a Miami Dolphin former cheerleader, and she did. She took exception to Crystal. Now this is a fiery Latina attacking a ditzy blonde girl from San Diego. It's pretty good. Why would you even come to try to sit next to me, knowing that you've already have a rose and you already had time with him earlier? Well, I only. Literally I don't had want. Two I honestly, I think that when you learn to speak to me like a normal human being and not with a fake tone, then I can actually respect you and yeah. listen to what you have to say. Amen. But if you really think that I'm gonna fall for this little la 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 la, what? You have to be kidding me. Cause she talks like this. She's. I don't know what's going on with that voice. Oh. Yeah. If you think I'm gonna fall for this you have to be kidding. He. Who's out? Who's a front runner? Uh, the front runner is my tennis ball headed, bald head, scallywag, uh, 22 year old nanny Becca. Audrey Hepburn slash Elizabeth Taylor. 
uh, but the Latina version. Oh, interesting. And and then we have uh, <laughs> we have uh, the other Becca, who's kind of homely but seems to have a, a great personality. <laughs> and then there's a there's an African American girl who is uh, how should I say this? Uh, uh, She's shopping in a different section of the bra uh, area. She has a large chest. Oh. But she seems demure. Uh, she could feed everybody if she had to. Wow. All right, I'm Pete, just saying. If we're going to wrap problem, it up with that. Uh, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you next week. If people got <laughs> starved. We get it. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Nobody wants to be alone. Gary and Shannon. Top of the hour. We're going to be joined by Eric Leonard, the latest on this uh, L.A. child molester to be released after spending almost two decades in a state hospital waiting for trial. But he's going to get out, so we'll talk about that. Also, I have an update on that 14-year-old girl. You remember the dramatic rescue that we told you about early yesterday? Her house was swept away by a mudslide in Montecito, and firefighters are able to pull her out. We'll tell you more about her story. In True Crime Wednesday, doctor's wife threatens to expose an opioid ring he was running, so he killed her. And nobody put two and two together until now. We'll tell you all about it coming up in the 12 o'clock hour, right in time for your lunchtime. We're in the middle of what you're watching Wednesday. Some of the stuff that's going on on television. Have you seen Game of Games yet? I Ellen have DeGeneres not. Show? Tell me what it's about. Uh, it's a fun, it's like um, It's like a crazy game show with physical, physical punishments, I should say. Have not, you seen not, some not of the games stunned. on her show? They're similar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so, like, what? It's goofy trivia questions. So last night there was an episode. They talked about Meryl Streep has won more Academy Awards. So and so, her first was for Kramer versus Kramer. What was the '90s sitcom with a character named Kramer? Seinfeld. Okay, so there's questions like that, and if you, you know, you have to beat whoever's in your, you know, your preliminary round to go on to the final thing where you stand on this giant platform with three other people. And they ask trivia questions. If you miss the question, they drop you down a tube into the nothingness. Or okay, it's kind it. of a fun show to watch. I, I saw some of it where the final thing to win a hundred thousand, the girl had to sit and uh, they flashed celebrity pictures up. Yes, and she had to name as many uh, ten in thirty seconds. Right, and it really isn't as easy. You can probably do it, but. That but you're not under time the, limit. You're not under the pressure right. that she's and under she too. And she did it, and she won a hundred. And I was smiling for like. 30 seconds yeah. with it's her. It's fun. Like, it's a good yeah. stunt. Anyway, they, they've renewed it for season two already, and I what think it's the, only three or four episodes in. What are the punishments? Uh, stuff like uh, being dropped into a uh, a kid pool-sized lemon meringue pie. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, being catapulted. So, like, you can't do that on television. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Okay. Yes. Stuff like that. Got it's it. It's basically, they, they get slimed if they get the question gotcha. right. Gotcha. Um, NBC is in charge of this year's Super Bowl coming up on February 4th. And the guy who runs football coverage for NBC was asked about their uh, their stuff, the TCA Winter Press Tour, about what would, what they're going to do, the national anthem, when Pink is singing, what's going to happen if there's players on the sideline kneeling during the Super Bowl? Would NBC show it? Oh, for the love. And NBC, And he said, well, yeah, I mean, if somebody does, sure. The thing is, they've got, in the course of a two-and-a-half-minute national anthem, how many different 
shots do you think they get? They've got oh, they've got cameras shots. everywhere. Got, I mean, they're not going to do it. It's in Minnesota, so they're not going to do a flyby. You're well, not going to see it, it from the stadium. It is least. pink. So most of the time, she will be the one on camera. Right. It's not going to be Joe Schmo's wife. No, but, but in two and a half minutes, you'll probably have the majority of it pink, but you're going to have crowd shots. You're going to have coach shots. You're going to have sure. star player shots. You're going to have this guy's shot. You're going to have the, you know, some, some whatever, NBC star. The, the entire cast of This Is Us is going to be there, Who, so they'll be on camera. Who's asking NBC this question? Good question. I don't know. It doesn't say who. Why are we making a thing out of this? That's the thing is, of course they would do it. It's the Super Bowl. And anyway. All right. Coming up next, Eric Leonard will join us about this child molester that's said to be released. And it looks like it was not the prosecutor's fault, but the defense attorneys that kept delaying this. So why is this guy getting out? Eric will break it down for us when we come back to Gary and Shannon.